Welcome to The Lemonade Stand, the show where Christian entrepreneurs meet to dispel myths and gain wisdom for the marketplace. Each week, we take spiritual truths and make them practical for your everyday life and business. Because truth is, winning is spelled J-E-S-U-S. I'm your host, L. Clark. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Lemonade Stand podcast. Now, today I have another queen boss on the line. And today, listen, I don't want to really tell you guys everything about her. She's an author, a speaker. She's a domestic violence survivor. There are so many things that this queen is doing. And so I don't want to let you guys know it all. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I'm here with, with Jeanette Espinosa. Jeanette, I don't want to butcher your name. Could you let the people know the exact pronunciation of it, please? No, you got it perfect. It's Jeanette Espinosa. Amazing. Now, Jeanette, oh my goodness, Jeanette, you're doing so many amazing things. An author, dynamic speaker, you know, how did you get into um, writing books? You know, what was the catalyst that pushed you into that arena? Well, I actually started off writing fiction (laughs) and couldn't figure out why I couldn't get the stories together. But um, it came to me that my calling was not to write fiction, and it was actually to write about my own experience and how I was able to overcome my obstacles to help other women. So I actually started off on social media just doing quotes, you know, inspirational quotes, and that kind of turned into, you know, just me journaling about it. And the very first book I wrote is a book, it's called Jeanette's um, Jewels, Positive Affirmations for the Spirit. And it's 365 days of quotes and inspirational messages that literally came from my journal. Yeah. And then it just went on from there. (laughs) It's amazing that you said that because, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, how do I create a product? How do I write this book? When, in fact, if they were to go on their Facebook post, they would see so many inspirational quotes or stories that they can continue Mm -hmm. on just by going, you know, going in your journal like you did or going on your Facebook post. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really, I really believe that everybody when you go through some sort of adversity or when something happens to you that most times, unfortunately, it's when, you know, the the event that you feel will probably break you. That is your story. That is where all of that comes from. I firmly believe that God, when you go through things, you, you then have a responsibility to share. And I feel like that is when you come in touch with who you are, because you really have to go within when you're dealing with, um, you know, anything. I mean, like talking about physical abuse, um, abandonment, anything like that. It forces you to go within and you have to look at yourself and see, okay, who am I? What am I made of? If I made it through this, then now I have the tools to share with somebody else to help them to get through something. So I, I definitely understand that my mission is to be a facilitator to help other women to get through things and also to kind of guide women to, you know, finding what their spark is, what their story is, and then helping them to share it with the world. Because I believe that we are all here to serve before anything else. 
That's really, really good. And you hit on a theme that the Holy Spirit would have given me for our brunch that's coming up. And it is forbidden silence. You know, um, there are so many people who are hiding behind the shame of the past. And it's not like um, there's really shame. The enemy is tricking them into believing that the thing that they went through is something that they should be ashamed of. When in fact, that is something that they should be, you know, rejoicing about because they made it. You know, how many people would have walked through what you went through it that didn't make it absolutely and I mean as most people when you're going through it obviously it seems so you know you'll never be able to see the other side but when Mm -hmm. you get there you're you just standing in so much power like you know after you can come through it and if you're you know blessed enough to have people around you to to love you through it you know if you go through therapy whatever it is um you know you get to this point where you just really stand firm in yourself and say you know if I got through that I can do anything and then the sky becomes a limit you just start pushing yourself to just do more and more and more and the more you do that the more you see okay I've reached that goal now what's next what's next I think life is just a constant evolution and we just That's- have to keep you know, going to that next level. That's really good. Now you're a domestic violence survivor. And, you know, sometimes when we walk through things, we think that we're the only person who went through it. You know, we think Mm -hmm. that no one can relate to us. And so I always say, you know, while God is our main superhero, he has placed on earth, you know, miniature superheroes Mm -hmm. that are able to help people to get through their day or get through some of the things that they would have went through. And I always say that, you know, authors are superheroes because they do what a lot of people would never do you know a lot of people are holding their treasured secrets you know the way they got through you know domestic violence or the way they got through you know how they have a successful marriage or a successful business some people actually hide that information not giving it to anybody so I always believe those people who actually are selfless enough to write a book they are the real superheroes and so you you know you speak you would you, you have spoken about your you know your situation you know going through domestic violence right now if you were talking to a woman who was in, who right now is in the same shoe you were in a few years ago, uh, what advice would you give her now? Ooh, yeah, I've had those, those kind of conversations, <laughs> what I would tell myself. First of all, I would tell her that she is worthy and she is enough. She's not deserving of what is happening to her. That it's, it, it is not the end of the road for her. There is a way out. Um, I would tell her to reach out to anybody that she trusts. Um, it does require swallowing pride because the biggest thing with most domestic violence survivors is it's embarrassing. You know, no one, you don't want anyone to know that these things are happening to you. And you're also fearful that if, you know, the abuser finds out what you're doing, that, you know, it will become even worse. So I would definitely encourage her to find somebody. Everybody has somebody. Nobody's in this world alone. There's always somebody that you can go to to get word to who can get help. Um, I actually um, speak to women who message me on my website and get them in touch with um, the National um, Domestic Violence Hotline or, you know, organizations in their area who can help. Um, But there's always that one person that you can go to. And you'd be surprised because um, for myself, my family, no one knew. No one knew what was going on. I have siblings, family, all of them. No one knew what was going on. And for me, it was a situation where um, my ex-husband was actually, he was going to kill me. He had a 20-pound weight standing over me and was going to smash it down on my head. 
And so just in an in, in impulse to stop him from doing that, I screamed out my son's name. And my son at the time was eight. And so he ran into the room and that was kind of a wake up call. So for me, it was it was a progression of, okay, I don't want to die. <laughs> and I have these two children, so I've, I've got to get out of here. But once I got out, and it wasn't until many years later that I started sharing my story, mm-hmm. the overwhelming love and comfort from people I knew and people I didn't know just made me understand, okay, I'm okay. It's not my fault. And now that, you know, I'm brave enough to speak about it, now it's my responsibility to try to help someone else. And I don't profess to be a domestic violence, you know, um, hero or, you know, because I I like to speak to all women. But because that's my story, when someone comes to me from a place of pain or a place of abuse, neglect or things like that, then I can speak to that, you know, from firsthand experience. So. That is really good. But you don't have to profess. You don't have to toot your own horn, but we will toot your horn for you. You are <laughs> a domestic violence survivor. No, you are a domestic violence thriver. You are no longer surviving. You are thriving like um, out of this like thing that. in the name of Jesus. Listen, you know, you got right into the next question. You know, how did your children, how did your children, you know, deal with it? You know, how did it affect them? Well, they were very young. When I left my ex-husband, they were six and eight. Um, And my ex was not very involved in their lives. As a matter of fact, they're both adults now. And they both, you know, most people say, because they're, you know, they're both college graduates. They're out in the world. So people see us and on the outside, they think, oh, it's great. And I tell people, "Mm -mm. I won't even sell the fairy tale that it was easy. I won't sell the fairy tale that we have all been, unfortunately, emotionally damaged by this. And it's a process. It's something that you can't put on autopilot. You know, we have to regularly reinforce ourselves. You know, I have to pour into my children and, you know, facilitate just self-love and self-confidence in them because they were only getting it from me. And unfortunately, with their father, there was not an example for them to look to, particularly for my son. Well, for both. I won't say that. Boys and girls need their father. So it was, you know, just a constant, you know, with me trying to play both sides of the fence um, and be both things to them and just, you know, just constantly be a consistent presence in their life because, you know, I knew their father would not be. And now that they're both adults, they kind of grapple with their relationship with him. Both of them have told me, you know, they will respect him, but they do not feel um, you know, the the normal parental connection that children would have with their father, which is unfortunate. But, you know, with that does leave some scars. We've, we've had our, our struggles. But it's just for me, it's just important to stay connected to them and always be there for them when they need me and to be able to discuss anything that they have openly without judgment. Yes, yes, yes. Now, did what you experience provoke entrepreneurship or you were entrepreneur before um, this happened? I knew that's what I wanted to do. And it was more so when my children were growing up because I just knew that um, corporate America was not going to be it forever for me. Um, And, you know, still on my way trying to get out. Um, And I was looking when they were younger for a way for me to be able to have more freedom just to be available for them. But um, as I started writing and as people started to respond to what I was writing, and I love to do it, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, your passion is what you have a deep desire to do. Um, 
And without thinking about monetizing it at first, I just think, oh, it would be really nice if I could just do that. <laughs> That's all that I had to do, and it was enough, you know, to take care of things. So, um, and then obviously with the social media influence, and because people are very visual, and I'm, you know, I know not everybody will pick up a book and read. Um, just understanding that, you know, marketing needs to come into play with, you know, creating merchandise and doing things like that. And my um, merchandise will debut in January. I'm very excited for that. Yes, Jeanette's um, Jewels so. Empowerment Products. Tell us a little bit more of that. Yes. yes. Tell us a little yes, more. Yes, very that. excited. Um, I will have t-shirts and there'll be different lines but we're um, starting off with the queen collection um and it has this amazing graphic designer who created um the um brand the logo from the, the queen with the with the fro and her crown um and it'll be different phrases that i've made up for um for each one um and i'm also going to have one line where um it can be specialized because I want people to be able to, you know, put their own stamp on it. So they'll be able mm, to put, good. you know, just their name or just one word, something that's unique um, to them. Um, so starting with the, with the t-shirts are first, um, we will eventually have um, the mugs will come next, the cell phone covers, um, the journals are separate, which is the next project that I'm working on is the interactive journals, but that'll be included with the product line as well. So that that's is, awesome. You are busy, busy, busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. It's a good thing, though. <laughs> yes, it is a good thing. Now, Jeanette, if you were to um, if you had to give three pieces of advice to a woman who wants to start a business, but is unsure about, you know, where to start, how do I begin? You know what? Three pieces of um, advice would you give her um, on her as she begins her entrepreneurial journey? Okay, the first one I would say, create a business plan. Mm. Start off with a blueprint. I would never suggest just diving into because once I got into this, I realized there's so many different components <laughs> that you mm -hmm. need to do. So a very clear business plan. And if you're not familiar with how to write one, find there are plenty of people out there, so many people who are willing to help and so many women who are passionate about being entrepreneurs who will help you, which is the women that you know I have in my tribe, thankfully. So definitely a business plan. Um, second, surround yourself with professionals who can assist you. The first thing most people do is go to family or, you know, somebody, can I get a hookup or this and that? But mm -hmm. it pays to invest in people who are already professionals in their field who can help you. Like for me, I needed to get a graphic designer. I needed to find, you know, so I'm preferably looking for African-American people who own print shops and things like that. So Listen, Jeanette, I, I, I'm sorry to, to cut you off, but I need to put a pin right in there because you in the spirit. Like literally, I was thinking, you know, my last question is going to be, I know that this was supposed to be the last question, but you know, how important is investing in yourself? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they first start, they don't understand the importance of investing. All they see is, you know, the dollar sign, but they're not equating the value of what they're going to learn when they pay for this particular thing. And so after Bye. you give me a third point, tell me how important is investing in yourself? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so the business plan, getting the people around you who know what they're doing. And third, love what you do <laughs> because if you really love it you have to be passionate about it it can't just be about making money it has to be like like I say I believe we are all here to serve yes. I think that whatever we're doing you know 
with in, in an entrepreneurial spirit, it has to be who you're serving. What is what is your intention? Is your intention to you know motivate, inspire, teach, whatever it is? It has to come from within. It has to be something that you feel good about because if you feel good about it and you're passionate about it, you will work hard at it. And it won't feel like work. It'll feel That's like, right. you know, you're living the life that you want to live because you actually desire it. I think a lot of people go into it just for the money um, or what they can do or the notoriety or oh, I want to get a thousand, a million followers or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I think that you will stick with what you are most passionate about. So I would That's definitely really say good. That's number three. That's good. Now, investing in yourself, how important is that to you? It is everything. It is absolutely everything. The staple of what I write and talk about is the importance of unconditional self-love. And doing that means not just, you know, walking around, I'm worthy, I love myself. No, that when you when you love yourself unconditionally, it shows. And, and loving yourself is investing in yourself. You are your product. You are everything. And you should mean the most to yourself because how you treat yourself and how you run your business is how everybody else is going to interact with you. So it's very important to invest in yourself and to not skimp on that. You know, save up for whatever it is that you need to do, but make sure you do that so that you can be the best. You can serve at the highest level of yourself so I would say investing in yourself is key it's it's like it's up there beyond everything else <laughs> because oh, wow. it, it's part of the the necessary evolution that I think that we were all put on this earth to do so absolutely 100% wow you left I'm talking about a lot of golden nuggets on um, on the show today. I'm sure that the entrepreneurs that listen, they will glean and learn a lot from you. And there is such a piece, you know, about your voice, um, a piece. And I can tr- I can truly see that God has healed you and that he is truly um, um, giving you beauty for your ashes. And so I just want to say, you know, I celebrate I celebrate you. I celebrate what God is doing in your life and how he is using you to be an inspiration and also a what's the word I guess a leader for many who are struggling with some of the things that you walked out of and so I pray God's richest blessings over everything that you do let the people know how they can follow you how they can reach you your your social handles your website information before we go Okay, first of all, thank you so much for those beautiful words. You have touched me. I had to gather myself. <laughs> I don't want to cry in your pockets. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. And you also are a blessing. Um, just having this podcast and allowing us to be able to speak. So we, I'm definitely grateful for your presence as well. Um, I can be reached on my website. It is JeanetteCEspinosa.com. And on social media, on Instagram, I'm under Jeanette's Jewel. And on Facebook, I have an author page, and it's Jeanette Espinosa Author. And that's on Facebook. I'll be happy to talk to anyone. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeanette. And thank you guys for yet another amazing episode of the Lemonade Stand podcast. Until next time, this is your girl, Elle Clark. Don't you ever forget to dream, inspire, and grow. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining another thought-provoking episode of The Lemonade Stand. 
subscribe to this podcast and be sure to tune in for new episodes. If you've really been blessed by this show, here are four ways you can support me. One, go to www.iamqueenmagazine.com and purchase our ebook, The Lemonade Stand, Creating a New Beginning from Scratch. This book is going to help you discover the treasures within. Two, if you are listening to this podcast on Anchor, there is an option to support me with a small monthly donation. Three, post a photo of yourself with the takeaway you got from the show with the hashtag the Lemonade Stand Podcast. And four, everybody knows that sharing is caring, so share the love and invite someone to listen to the show with you. But until next time, I'm your girl L. Clark, and don't you ever forget to dream, inspire, and grow. Bye, guys. <laughs>